When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hey now, that's the best I can do. Welcome to the Box Score Breakdown, a hoop ball presentation. I'm your host, Scotty. You can find me on Twitter at the Harlander 23 My co-host, he's not here. What a shock. Mr. Jolly, you can find him on Twitter at Mr. Jolly of Sydney. Wow, what a day. Uh, before I get to that, though, as I said, we are presented by Hoop Ball and they have some fantastic products, including what is claimed as the best deal in the industry, and they're not wrong. It's the fantasy pass. And whilst draft season may be over and you've got a pretty good team, the season's really only just begun. The fantasy pass, as I said, is the best deal in the industry, four ninety nine a month. And now we're in the regular season. There is zero commitment. Sign up for one month for 5 bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel. But we know you'll love it. But it's always nice to have that option, though. The fantasy pass has everything you'll need to dominate all year. Updating projections, new fantasy appraiser tools, sh- sh- uh, schedule and streaming charts, pickups and drops and our newest and coolest feature, the HoopBall Discord server, where you can all hang out with the dis- uh, with the HoopBall pros around the clock and get one-on-one help with your team. So please do go and check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad below the main media wall. As I said, one heck of a day. So as you all can hear, probably tell, I'm in Australia. So I wake up nice, bright and early and the first thing I see is that Houston are going to keep Harden away from the team until a trade is reached. All well and good. Then within a matter of minutes, there's rumours flying around of a trade with the 76ers that involves Aussie Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, some picks and probably some other stuff as well. And whilst everyone was speculating on how that would be, and that would be one heck of a team, Harden and Embiid would be very, very hard to stop. 
It then comes down that James Harden has been traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Now, what does that mean for everybody? Well, a heck of a lot. There is a ton of it to process, but it's not only that. It involves four teams all together with the Rockets, the Nets, Indiana Pacers, and the Cleveland Cavs. What does that all mean? We will break it all down soon, but the, the crux of it all is Harden will go to Brooklyn. Houston will get Victor Oladipo, uh, Deontay Exum, uh, a couple other pieces and some picks. Uh, Karis Levert goes to the Pacers. Jared Allen from the Brooklyn Nets goes to the Cavs. Uh, What does all that mean? We'll break that down pretty soon. I've got a ton of questions coming out of my ears from people on Facebook, people on Twitter. We will get to them after we do the box scores. Why? Because we are the box score breakdown, so we better do what our job is. Otherwise, the powers that be like to give us a swift kick up the backside. But it is the box scores for today, Wednesday, the 13th of January, 2021, and the Dallas Mavericks... 104 defeated the Charlotte Hornets, 93. Some big news to come out of this game, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, Luka Doncic flirted with a triple-double, telling 34 points, 14 of 25 field goals, one of two from the free throw line, 13 rebounds, nine dimes, two steals, and four swats, along with four turnovers across 35 minutes. Luca was limited to just 12 points in his previous game against the Hornets, but he surpassed that total pretty early in the second quarter of today's game. There wasn't much that Charlotte could do to stop him, to be honest. Uh, maybe having Porzingis back on the floor really opens up that driving lane for Donka as he was getting a ton of real easy looks right at the bucket, which shows that he only went to the charity stripe uh, for two attempts. As a side note, the blocks accounted for a new career high for Luca. He's leading Dallas in points, rebounds, assists, and swats through the first nine games of this season. And speaking of Porzinga, Kristap Porzingis, he's back. He hit six of 16 shots in his regular season debut for 16 points, four three-pointers, four rebounds, and two swats across 21 minutes. He got off to a hot start, putting in a quick six points in his first six minutes of play whilst going two of three from distance, and he finished off with a four of nine from beyond the arc. He was also wreaking havoc on the defensive end of the floor as well, helping Charlotte to just 38 out of 100 shooting on the evening, and he should only get better as he gets into rhythm and the minutes limit is expanded. You know, he only had 21 minutes today, clearly a bit of a limit restriction. I'm sure that will increase. Let's have a look at Charlotte and Gordon Haywood left hip injury has him listed as day-to-day. He's traveling with the Hornets to Tampa where he'll be likely a game-time decision to play the Raptors on Thursday. The good news is he's traveling with the team and I guess he's a chance to play tomorrow. Uh, If he doesn't suit up, there's a sense that the injury isn't something serious though that'll keep him out for a while. Haywood's fantasy managers, you'll want to keep a close eye on that one. Uh, You know, his status throughout the day, keeping on Twitter and all the usual places. But the star for Charlotte. No, it wasn't LaMelo Ball. He struggled. Uh, PJ Washington posted 16 points, 10 rebound, double-double. He had the inevitable task of matching up with Paul Zinger, and he had a tough time getting his shot to drop going one of seven from the field through the first 
quarter of action. He finished with six of 17 shooting. He did add two triples, six times, one steal, two turnovers while he was out there. He figures to see a bit of a usage bump, though, if Gordon Haywood's hip has him missing some time. The Bucks 110 defeated the Pistons 101. Giannis hit seven of 15 shots, two three-pointers and six of 10 from the free throw line on his way to 22 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, two steals, three blocks and five turnovers in the win over the Pistons. It was his second trip dub of the season and it's a textbook example of Giannis's stat line as it was filled with goodies along the way with some poor free throw shooting, but that is what he does if you drafted him in fantasy. You simply have to ignore the free throw shooting and enjoy the rest of Giannis's game experience and having him as a fantasy manager uh, anyway. Uh, Drew Holiday went off for 21 points, six rebounds, five assists, three steals, a block and three trips. And just one turnover, he hit eight of 13 shots. And this line is very similar to what he's been doing on most nights. Even though you don't hear too much about Holiday in the shadow of Giannis and Chris Middleton, he currently sits number 22 in the fantasy hoops, according to Basketball Monster. Uh, So if you drafted him somewhere 30 to 40, you'd certainly be happy with that production. And Brook Lopez hit three of eight shots and three triples for nine points. Yeah, so all three of his uh, shots... With triples for nine points, 11 rebounds, four blocks in 30 minutes. Brolo is a pretty wild fantasy player. I picked him up uh, off the waiver wire the other day because I needed uh, to get some blocks going in a roto league. And at this time, you know, he's more of a three-point specialist than a center. The fact he had 11 boards is his season high, though, as are the four blocks. So that's good for me and my roto team. He's averaging 3.0 triples a game. He's also scored in single digits in three straight games, but he's still pretty good for a seventh-round value. Not bad indeed for Brooke Lopez. On the Pistons side, there's only one guy almost worth talking about. Jeremy Grant filled up the stat sheet. As he, in 35 minutes of action, went 22 points, four rebounds, one assist, two steals, and a block. Shot seven from 19 for 36% from the floor. Three from six from beyond the arc. Five from six from the charity stripe with three turnovers. He is almost the only one worth rostering in Detroit. Although Mason Plumley, uh, in 21 minutes, seven points, 13 rebounds, five assists, two steals, shot three from 11 from the floor, which is absolutely terrible. Uh, Only the two turnovers. If you're in need of blocks, Plumley definitely there, but Jeremy Grant, the only one worth really owning in Detroit and the only one really worth talking about. Quickly, I need to pause the show for an announcement, and it's a fun one. It's free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. And what is it? The Bruce Letter. It's back, baby. Oh, yes. Yes, it's back and fresh. For the 2021 NBA season, our founder, Aaron Bruski, who you could have seen live on YouTube with our podfather, Dan Bespris, breaking down all that trade news this morning. But he is writing an email newsletter. He's not doing it on YouTube. He's writing it, yes, with his most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content you cannot find anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on a podcast, not on YouTube, not on social media, not on the Discord channel. It's only in the email newsletter, and you can sign up and get it for free. Just go to bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021, brew as in B-R-E-W-S, the word letter, then 
2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly, B-I-T-L-Y slash Bruce Letter 2021. Aaron Bruski, straight to your inbox. The next game we have to chat about, the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks. Now, if you listen to yesterday's show, our friend from the Kings Court podcast, Vince Miracle, said, well, also he does hoop ball pods for today in sports betting, uh, said he loved the Knicks at home with a six-point start. Well, if you put some money on because of Vince's uh, thoughts, I'm sorry, unfortunately, the Nets did the Knicks by seven. Yeah, that's how close it was. 116 to 109. I know everyone wants to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. We'll do that a little bit later. But uh, Kevin Durant looked good completing his first back-to-back of the season. Had no choice. They've got no other players, so he had to play, I guess. Scoring 26 points on 10 of 18 shooting, 3 of 4 from the charity stripe to go with 3 triples, 3 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks and 1 turnover across 30 minutes. He notched his 8th straight 25-plus point performance in this one, which ties him with Bernard King for the longest 25-point streak in net history. Yep, he'll be getting another superstar teammate in James Harden, as we said shortly. But I don't think I'm too worried about KD's production. He probably won't be averaging to 30-plus points a game when Harden is added into the mix. Should still be, you know, close to, if not a already first-round stud regardless. Bruce Brown had 15 points, 14 rebounds in a double-double across 30 minutes. As a starter, the boards accounted for a new career high for Brown, and he had a two assists and two turnovers while he was out there, finishing with six of 13 from the floor and three from four from the line. It was a solid stat line for Brown. He'll be a negligible factor in fantasy hoops once James Harden is added to the mix and Kyrie Irving returns, that's if he does, from whatever that is what he's doing. Landry Shemit put up 13 points. Three triples, one rebound, five assists and one turnover in 23 minutes off the bench. He too could be here, uh, headed for some uh, DMPs once the new Nets all come together. From the New York Knicks side of things, and Julius Randle dropped 30 points on 13 of 25 shooting to go with seven boards, five dimes, two trays, two steals and two turnovers across 40 minutes. Tom Thibodeau seems eager to run Randle into the ground and that's what he does all the time with the amount of minutes. 37.4 is what he is averaging. He's been playing this season, but Fenergy managers don't have much to complain about at the moment as he's producing top 50 value behind the averages of 22.8 points, 10.8 rebounds, 6.8 dimes, 1.3 triples, and 4.2 turnovers a game on 49.8% shooting from the field and 78.1% from the strike, which is a career high. He hit both of his freebies tonight, and the improved free throw shooting has really helped his overall value. Hopefully, he can handle the minutes. Tibbs is giving him in the long run, and Mitch Robb got himself a double-double in 33 minutes. He got himself 10 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, and two very nice blocks. Shot five of nine for 55.6% from the floor. Didn't try any from deep. Didn't get to the charity stripe either. Uh, Only the one turnover for Mitch 
Rob. The next game, the Grizzlies, 118. The Timberwolves, 107. Jonas Valanciunas had another double-double with 24 points, 16 rebounds, one assist, two blocks, and one turnover across 30 minutes in the win. He also went 11 from 19 from the field, two from two from the stripe, and the Grizzlies got 80 points in the paint, which is the most points scored in the paint by any team this season. Uh, Rookie Xavier Tillman had a solid game as well, 18 points off the bench, hitting six from eight shots uh, for 12 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, and zero turnovers. But he is a bit too inconsistent to trust in standard settings uh, just right now. Brandon Clark put up 19 points, nine rebounds, three assists, and three steals. Clark got his points efficiently going 9 of 15 from the field. He also finished the game without a single turnover. He's been in a nice groove over the past five games with averages of 16.2 points, 6.6 rebounds, 2.4 assists, 1.6 steals, 0.6 swats, and 0.8 turnovers per contest on 51.4% shooting in 31.1 minutes a night. That's probably as good as it gets for Clarks, uh, though, as his minutes and production will likely take a hit when Triple J eventually comes back uh, into the mix, which isn't too far away. So fantasy managers, you might want to test his market value while he's doing this good. Uh, Yeah, in other words, sell high on Brandon Clark. Minnesota, the T-Wolves, Carl Anthony Towns, he's back. He posted 25 points, 14 rebound, double-double in the loss. Towns added three assists, one triple, two blocks, and one turnover in 34 minutes of floor time. He finished with eight of 17 from the field and eight of eight from the charity stripe. However, it's a very bad loss for the Wolves. They led by double figures for most of the game, and then they just fell apart in the fourth quarter, conceding a 28 to 10 run as they let their lead slip away. Uh, You know, I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for Cat as he's just come back from a a pretty bad injury. But, you know, I think better days are ahead when he gets a little bit better. Those owners who still have Naz Reed, he saw just 14 minutes off the bench. Uh, He finished with nine points, three rebounds, one triple and two turnovers. His minutes have evaporated now that Cat is back in the rotation. He's only averaging minutes in the teams. He's not going to be able to bring enough to the box score to warrant a roster spot in 12-team leagues. So if you have him, now is the time to have his spot as a streaming spot. D'Angelo Russell scored 25 points on 10 of 21 shooting on Wednesday to go with two triples, three rebounds, eight assists, two steals, five turnovers across 36 minutes. Malik Beasley also joined the 20-plus club in the loss with 28 points, 11 from 23 from the field, two from three from the free throw line, six rebounds, five assists, four triples, one steal, one block, one turnover. With D'Lo, Beasley and Cat all scoring at least 25 points, they become the first trio of Wolves to accomplish that feat since Derek Rose, Rocco, yeah, Covington and Cat did it back in 2018. Unfortunately, the Wolves couldn't get the win, but luckily they aren't in category. Uh, they aren't a category in fantasy hoops. But luckily, wins aren't a category in fantasy hoops. The Lakers won 28. Defeating Oklahoma City 99, LeBron James 9 of 20 shots, 5 triples on his way to 26 points, 
Six rebounds, seven assists in the blowout win over the Thunder. We're actually lucky LeBron played and produced as much as he did with the score so lopsided, and this being the second of the back-to-backs. I think LeBron's coming out to try and prove all the naysayers wrong who said he's going to sit on these back-to-backs. The Lakers have a day off on Thursday, and then they'll face the Pelicans on Friday. Now, if that's the case and the Pelicans still don't have Zion, I can't see them you know, stopping the Lakers at this stage. If Zion was there, they might be somewhat competitive. I'd still have the Lakers as favourite, though. And you can bet LeBron will be focused on helping uh, helping Anthony Davis do as much damage against his former team as possible, even though both players will likely be on the injury report as they are every other day of the week. And if we're really lucky, we'll get another bet shot out of LeBron, which were send people absolutely crazy. Let's have a look at Harrell. Trez also did some interesting work in 25 minutes of play. 21 points, six rebounds and one block shot. Shot eight of 12 from the floor. Missed his only shot from deep. Only shot five of eight from the charity stripe with just one turnover. Uh, interesting work for him in what seems to be a very inconsistent year. And in 25 minutes for AD, 18.7 rebounds, one assist shot, eight from 13 from the floor. Missed his only shot from deep, two of two from the charity stripe without a turnover. You want to talk about no turnovers. AD is absolutely efficient. Jeez, he's doing remarkably well. OKC on their side of the things. Now, for the last week or so, we have told everybody how inconsistent the new, young, whatever you want to call them, guys in the Thunder are. Those guys are young, and on any given night, any one of them are really going to sort of break out. You know, we've seen Baisley have a good game. We've seen Maladon have good games. We've seen Diallo break out the last couple of days. Isaiah Roby started for Al Horford and shot four of seven for 11 points, nine rebounds, four assists in 24 minutes in a pretty ugly loss. Now, Horford should be back for the next one, but Darius Baisley went down with the sprained right ankle in his day-to-day. If Baisley's out on Friday against the Bulls. Roby could see a decent run and might make for an intriguing DFS play. He was arguably the best player along with SGA. Uh, George Hill's got some other weird stuff going on as well. He's calling out the thunder uh, this morning I saw. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on that one. As I said, Baisley suffered a right uh, ankle sprain. You know, day for day, he finished with just three points on one of five shooting. If he's going to miss time, Diallo, who's been heating up, might benefit as well. Make sure you keep an eye on those ones. Ever since I started the pod, people have been asking me for betting tips, and they have. Uh, who you got? The Lakers, the Clippers, Rogers, Mahomes, and I tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with mybookie.ag. MyBookie's rep is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The one sportsbook that give me the best lines on every NFL playoff game. You know me. You know that I don't give out my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do. And my bookie is the best sports bet, uh, sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up and enter the promo code HOOPBALL and get your deposit matched halfway up to a 1000 bucks. Head over to MyBookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with MyBookie. And please gamble responsibly. 
The next game, the Pelicans 106 going down. Well, they had no ball. They had no Zion. They had no JJ. Oh, no, they did have JJ. Uh, they had no ball. They had no Zion. The Clippers 111. I'm surprised they were as competitive as what they were. One player that broke out somewhat in this game, um, you know, got the start at shooting guard, played point guard for most of it. Nikhil Alexander-Walker in 33 minutes got himself 37 points, eight rebounds, one assist, one steal, shot 15 from 23 from the floor, five from eight from deep, two from two from the charity stripe with just one turnover. Brilliant stuff from the young guy. Um, definitely interesting to monitor Lonzo and Zion for Friday's game if they happen to be out, uh, especially in DFS. Definitely worth a bit of a stream. Brandon Ingram in 38 minutes, 22.6 rebounds, three assists, two blocks to go with eight from 19 from the floor. Missed his only two shots from deep and six from six from the charity stripe with four turnovers, which would hurt you in nine cat. Uh, Stephen Adams got 12 points, six rebounds, five assists, and a block for you as well. On the Clippers' side, interestingly enough, uh, close between the two, Big Kwai in 39 minutes got 28 points, six rebounds, nine assists, two steals. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Shot eight from 18 from the floor, two from four from deep, 10 from 11 from the charity stripe with just two turnovers. And PG 13, 27 points, six rebounds, six assists, and one block. Eight from 16 from the floor, five from nine from deep, six from seven from the charity stripe with three turnovers for him as well. In, uh, you know, probably the more interesting of the lines. Zubac got himself 22 minutes, got 9.7 rebounds, one assist and a block as well. Two blocks for Serge Abaka for the Clippers stat line. And in the final game of the day, and why do I say final game and you think that's a bit short, the Jazz and the Wizards postponed as someone in the Wizards has tested positive to the coronavirus. We all know the problems the Celtics have, so their game against the Magic was postponed. And the Suns and the Hawks, was also postponed because the Suns played the Wizards the other day with that person in the lineup, I believe, or on the bench who tested positive for Corona on the Wizards. So then everyone has to isolate and get tested, et cetera, et cetera. So that too was postponed. So the final game, though, Portland Trailblazers 132, the Sacramento Kings 126. And what a game this was. High-scoring affair. CJ and Dame both playing into the 40s. 42 and a half minutes for CJ McCollum. 
28.7 rebounds, 10 assists. He shot 10 from 23 from the floor and 6 from 16 from deep, 2 from 4 from the charity stop with just one turnover as he continues to be absolutely rock solid. CJ McCollum, wow, doing great things. Dame Lillard in 42 minutes got 40 points, 1 rebound, 13 assists, in a double-double, three steals to go with 11 from 23 from the floor, six from 15 from deep, 12 from 12 from the foul line without a turnover. And Nurk, he seems to be back in a bit of a way now that he's a little more fit in game time uh, and maybe in himself. I, I hope he's slimmed down a little. Uh, 30 minutes, 18 points, 12 rebounds, two steals, three blocks, shot eight, uh, six from eight from the floor, Six from nine from the charity stripe with three turnovers for Nurk. I think it's official that his buy at low season are well and truly over. You're certainly not going to get him to uh, get anyone to sell him on the cheap anymore. On the Sacramento Kings side, Buddy healed in 38 minutes, 26.6 rebounds, five assists, one steal. Shot 9 from 21 from the floor, 8 from 18 from deep without a turnover. Did brilliantly well. Uh, De'Aaron Fox in 36 minutes, 29.6 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal. 9 from 18 from the floor, 5 from 8 from deep, 6 from 8 from the charity stripe with 2 turnovers. In what seems to be a bit better of a shooting time, Rashawn Holmes uh, flirted with a double-double. Got himself 35 minutes, 17 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists and a block. 6 from 6 from the floor, 5 from 6 from the charity stripe without a turnover for that fella. Marvin Bagley got 11 points, 6 rebounds and an assist. And Tyrese Halliburton, the kid that everyone is enamoured with at the moment, uh, if he's on your waiver wire, go and get him. 31 minutes, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 9 assists and 1 steal. 7 from 10 from the floor, three from four from deep, uh, four turnovers. Halliburton's become like a second-half specialist. Starts off the game really slowly, and then just because he's fitter, younger, and probably a bit quicker than most, just takes over and, and tears shreds off absolutely everybody. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, as I said, if he's out there, go and pick him up. Happy New Year's from our sponsors, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And they are here to help you have clean balls in the new year. Bring in the new year with the right tools for the job. The Manscaped uh, guys are here to give you a New Year's resolution that you'll actually want to keep. The Perfect Package 3.0 is the the below-the-waist grooming package you'll need to start off strong this year. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawn Mower 3.0 waterproof skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. It's also time to freshen up down there in the new year with the Crop Preserver. That's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting uh, deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. Start off the new year with a fresh set of testes. Thanks to Manscaped. Manscaped even throw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your underwear game to the next level. 
As Justin Timberlake says, bring sexy back in 2021. Get 20% off free shipping. With the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com, your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code HOOPBALL20. New year, new balls. All right, people, it's time. It's time to get into what is a massive, massive news and one of, if not the biggest trade the NBA has ever seen. The first thing that ran through my head when I saw James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets, I went, I wonder if he's a Beastie Boys fan. No sleep till Brooklyn. Give him an opportunity to go and, you know, party it up one last time. No, I don't think so. Because they're all in the bubble or bubble-ish. So he will have to go to the Nets get tested, get acclimated with his new friends. So what does this mean moving forward? So the pros and cons of the Harden trade, who wins, who loses? It's a very loaded question, I guess. So let's break down the trade to start with. So the Brooklyn Nets acquired James Harden. So it's a four-team trade. So the Cavs get Jared Allen and Torian Prince from the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets get James Harden. Karis Levert goes to the Indiana Pacers via Houston. There is four future first-round picks uh, among the packages that head to Houston, along with a whole bunch of pick swaps. Um, Unprotected 2022, 2024, and 2026 first-round picks for Houston, I believe. The Pacers um, will send... Uh, Will they get a second-round pick and Karis LeVert from the Rockets? They send Victor Oladipo to Houston. So the Rockets will have Oladipo, three first-round picks from Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn, uh, four additional pick swaps. I think there's another pick from uh, the Bucks by way of the Bucks as well. And then Dante Exum and uh, Rodionis goes to uh, Houston. So what does that mean? So I think undoubtedly the winners at this early stage having a look at it is the Indiana Pacers. So I think Victor Oladipo has, Dippo wanted out. He he made no qualms about that in the offseason. And whilst he started well, uh, clearly I think he doing it to get out of uh, get out of town. So to go and pair up with uh, Christian Wood, go and pair up with John Wall, who I think it inevitably becomes John Wall's sort of team from a point perspective certainly makes it interesting. I think he may see a slight up in efficiency, not necessarily production, um, although I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility considering the Pacers have got Brogdon, they've got Sabonis, they've got Miles Turner, so plenty of other guys to share the rock and stuff with. So he he may well see uh, an uptick in production. I think it would be very similar to what he had at the Pacers I don't. Uh, I, I certainly think his efficiency may well be better, given uh, you know the assets that are around him for the Nets, uh, for the Pacers side. You know, Karis Levert is a baller. This kid is a baller. Not coming off the bench like he did with the Nets and and starting will help him. I think it will help him having the likes of Brogdon and a bit of spacing from. Sabonis, a bit of spacing from Miles Turner as well. Uh, I think undoubtedly they help um, the the Pacers a lot. This is a, a 
great trade for the Pacers. I think the winner out of it is Malcolm Brogdon. I think this is now very much his team without uh, the power struggle from Oladipo. From a point sort of playmaking perspective anyway, uh, Sabonis could go and and take this team uh, on his back as he has done fairly significantly this season. The Cleveland Cavs, it was interesting listening to Dan Vesperus and Brew, Aaron Brewski, our founder at HoopBall, uh, on a YouTube Live, almost as details were coming through, reacting to this uh, news as it was coming to hand. And Brew was quite rightly suggesting that there's some five centres now in Cleveland. What are they going to do? And it could be just the start of what will be a, a trade-a-thon throughout the NBA. You know, they've currently got Love who's injured, they've got Drummond, they've got Thon, um, you know, who'd probably play more powerful than Senna. Uh, who else have they got? They've got Javal McGee, who... God, the other day played point almost. It was ridiculous. Uh, they've got Larry Nance, um, you know, and now Jared Allen as well uh, and Torian Prince. I, d- I don't like Torian. I don't think that's going to help him. I think they've still got a couple of wings, depending on what they do with KPJ and how he's going with all his legal issues that he's going he's got going on. Um, so I think Jared Allen's value is through the floor unless there is – a trade imminent for the likes of Drummond, um, which I couldn't imagine that so. Um, you know, could they trade Javal McGee? Possibly, but then uh, Jared Allen's value is still not going to be much, you know, uh, of much worth. Kevin Love will, when he returned from injury, uh, be traded possibly, but again, I don't know sort of what value or what team would want Kevin Love at this stage, even though I think it's pretty clear Brooklyn are in need of a centre now that they only have DeAndre Jordan and Nick Claxton on their roster. And I can't imagine DJ uh, having that many, um, you know, that many minutes. He'll end up getting into foul trouble, as Bruce suggested. He'll just, you know, struggle for fitness. Um, And it'll be interesting to see sort of what moves forward from both the Cleveland Cavs and the Brooklyn Nets side of things. Someone said, what's going to happen in the NBA season? Expansion rosters, postponed seasons, bubbles, etc. Look, unless things... Now, I know 5,000 people died in the last sort of 48 hours or so, which is the worst that, that the US have got and had of late. But I think with... The MLB successfully navigating a season. I think the NFL so far successfully navigating a season. And the fact that they've just postponed a couple of games so far, well, nine in total um, and two coming up on Friday, which would make 11 uh, for the NBA at this stage. I don't think they're in a rush unless things get absolutely drastic. So unless you know a few more teams in its entirety start going down, especially if it affects big-name teams like the Nets, like the Lakers, these big-name stars that bring in revenue for the NBA, at that point, possibly, they may postpone or go into a bubble. Um, Can I see expansion rosters? Look, I I don't know. I think their expansion rosters, at worst, will, will, at best, will just be a G League freely go between your affiliated G League and bring those players up, especially now that they've done the G League draft and and things like that for the G League. So uh, I think it is business as usual at this stage, unless things get 
terribly worse. However, the fact that there's now a vaccine, things are starting to get vaccinated whilst we don't know how that vaccine is really going, um, certainly uh you know worth watching at this point but i don't think i think it's going to get better rather than getting worse uh thanks for that uh paul has reached out any role players you see becoming relevant on the various teams involved in the trade uh where do i think bk will rank or brooklyn will rank in the east with the trade will there be drama between james harden and kyrie and who won the trade um, so look, I, I think it's a bit of a push between Brooklyn, although I think they paid way overs. Uh, I think the pace is certainly up there for winning the trade. Brooklyn could be, um, you know, a Harden Durant duo is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be old school Oklahoma City Thunder days, uh, and it'll be great. I honestly think it would be absolutely fantastic um, for them. The unknown quantity is Kyrie, and is he going to even show up for the rest of the year? You know, there's reports about um, KD talking to Kyrie and and things, but reports saying that Kyrie sitting out is because of all this James Harden rumour and talk. You don't know who to believe. You don't know what to believe. And, and certainly none of us are Kyrie Irving to be able to understand what's going on in his head. Um I think if Kyrie returns, Brooklyn will be a phenomenal team, but it's going to take them a couple of weeks to figure out who's who in the zoo and get the chemistry right. Will that be a drop in production and power and stats and stuff for Kyrie Irving? Absolutely. Will that be a drop in production for James Harden? Possibly. Um, You know, Brew said he expects him to be a late first rounder, but still a first round talent. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think he could be even as low as a second-round talent. I don't think it'd be any further than that just because of how many mounds to feed and and the roles that would have to happen uh, at Brooklyn as opposed to what he was doing when he was pretty much just the man in Houston. Um, So will there be drama? Look, there could be, but if Kyrie returns, I think Kyrie will play nice um, and KD will be, you know, a pseudo... Um, peacemaker between the two. You'd like to hope so anyway. Uh, any role players I see becoming relevant? Um, not, if anyone, it's going to be the Cavs. Um, will Dante Exum see a bit of an uptick? And that's, and that's possible. Like this guy's got an immense amount of talent. There's a reason he was picked where he was in the draft a few years ago. The kid has got some talent, but injuries, etc., always prevented him from, you know, having a starring role for the Jazz. And then he went to the Cavs and just, again, could not get the time on the court. Uh, will he get a brand new start in Houston? Possibly. You know, they've got uh, an ex-Aussie assistant in there as a coach. There's a, a ex-Sydney Kings player in Jay Sean Tate uh, coming off the bench for those guys. So there's a bit of an Aussie feel to Houston, I think, He's going to get an opportunity. There's a sneaky role play in deeper leagues that you should definitely keep an eye on in Dante Exum out of it all. Uh, Torian Prince, I don't know. Chetty Osman, I think, is is an interesting one. Whilst his field goal percentage is terrible, his production may get an increase with you know Dante Exum leaving and the fact that they've just got so many bigs in Cleveland. Uh, was this a better haul for the Rockets than the Rumors Sixers package? Absolutely not. Uh, I think Ben Simmons is better than Victor Oladipo every day of the week. If he learned how to shoot threes, 
everyone would be talking about this guy like he's the next coming of LeBron James. Um, so, no, I think the rumoured package between the Sixers would have been a lot better, but um, I think just with the sheer amount of first-round picks that they were giving, Houston would have licked its lips and gone, we'll take Brooklyn. And there's no doubt in my mind that James Harden's preference would have definitely had been Brooklyn and they probably would have asked Harden as a departing wish for everything that he'd done for that franchise, where do you want to go? And he probably would have said, send me to Brooklyn. Um, That's where I'm going to go. Andy reached out and said, is Levert going to continue to produce? Absolutely. Andy, he will be phenomenal. I think he will be a little bit unleashed now that, you know, I think he'll be a starter, although I think Holiday, um, I think Justin Holiday will get a bit of an opportunity as well. And that'll, um, you know, release the reins on, on Holiday just as much as Levert. But I, I think Levert's value stays fairly consistent as what it was when there was no Kyrie and no Spencer at Brooklyn. So very much, you know, a top 100 and solid top 100 fantasy player for Karis Levert at the Indiana Pacers. Um, so for Sean, who reached out and said, how does the trade affect Levert's value? Well, I don't think it does. I think he stays very much a top 100 valued player moving forward. And, you know, whilst you'd want to be somewhat tentative about it, I think everyone could be safe in starting him. I, I think you're always going to have problems with his percentages, but in the way of his cumulative stats, certainly be not too bad. Luke, how bad is this for Allen owners? Terrible. This is absolutely terrible for their owner, uh, for, for Allen owners. JaVale McGee, I think, will almost become non-existent, although Cleveland ran out with three centers the other day um, as the guy said, and it was uh, as Bruin and Dan Bespera said, and it was just odd, you know, just odd seeing three big guys in the world that is small ball basketball. Um, will they continue to do that? Look, that's possible. That might be a direction why they've gone and gotten Jared Allen, but I think there's more trades to come out of this. Does it affect Larry Nance Jr.? Partly, yes. I think he will see a slight drop in in minutes, just because I think now that they feel that they've got an extra piece in someone like uh, Jared Allen, that they can give him you know, a bit more of a rest and not run him into the ground, a la Tibbs is doing with Julius Randle at the moment. Um, but Larry Nance, again, his value is all very much dependent on Kevin Love. So if Kevin Love comes back, doesn't get traded, his value already reduces. Um, so Larry Nance doing brilliantly well this year, a lot better than most would have thought, but all of that is just purely opportunity. Uh, how will the changes be for John Wall? Thanks, Carl. Uh, and should he drop Joe Harris? So John Wall, I think he'll release the shackles. He'll do great um, now that I think it'll be his his team from, as I said, a points perspective, along with Christian Wood. Uh, it will take John Wall a little bit of time to form that chemistry with uh, Depot and a few others. But, yeah, John Wall will be absolutely fine out of it. Should he drop Joe Harris now? Um, I wouldn't at this point because I think it's going to take a bit of time. Uh, at this point, Kyrie is still not back. When you hear Kyrie's coming back, you'd look at him then as a streaming option. Until then, he is certainly um, very much worth rostering 
Uh, and do I think the Nets will move any other players after this trade? Look, maybe Landry uh, could go. I think Joe Harris absolutely safe. There's no two ways about it. Um, but they'd need a centre. So they're certainly going to have to bring someone in. They've got no picks to trade. So I think there'll be some sort of a a centre for Shumpert and something uh, heading out at some point. Luke said, where's Drummond likely to land or will he stay? If he stays, what does that do to his value? Uh, I think it's Drummond's team. So I don't think that will terribly destroy his value for the Cavs, but the Cavs may very well look to move him. Brooklyn, I think, is out of the question. Uh, whilst that would be a ridiculous team to have Drummond, KD, Kyrie, Harden, um, virtually unstoppable, I don't see that happening. So I could see him going to you know, uh, another team of some sort, whether the Nuggets get involved and, and the Cavs uh, send Drummond to the Nuggets and send uh, Miles Turner to Brooklyn. That, that's possible. Um, you know, a, a, a shot blocker, paint guy like a Miles Turner would be very interesting for them. Um, so that that could be an interesting one from the Nuggets' perspective. I really don't know who else or where else you could see them um going maybe the Raptors could be interested in someone like Drummond uh, the fact that they don't mind their old guy big men um, and what would that cost I couldn't imagine them trading away someone like Siakam uh, even though I've heard a lot of Siakam trade rumors especially centered around Harden um, the Raptors the Nuggets would be two off the top of my head that I think could go maybe Chicago if Billy Donovan is not happy enough with Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, moving forward. So look, that's it for me. A uh, bit of a short one today because it's only me. So going through all of the boxes and breaking down the latest in the trade news for James Harden. I'm sure Mr. Jolly will have plenty to say about that tomorrow, along with all the other podcasts on the Hoopball Network. Make sure you download, rate, subscribe, five-star review, comment, all that sort of stuff. Uh, we very much appreciate it. It helps us get our name out there and uh, show Hootball who the guys really are. Uh, you can join me on Twitter at the Harlander 23 You can join my co-host, Mr. Jolly, on the Discord channel if you are a premium subscriber for Hootball. You can also hit him up on Twitter at Mr. Jolly of Sydney. You can hit us up on Facebook at Mr. Jolly and the Harlander as well. Go and join that one. I'll catch you guys next week. Bye for now. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.